Hey, this is Dahlia. And I'm Alma. This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. Alma wanted to trip me up a little bit and she started doing robot and now she's doing fishy or is that duck duck face? Um, what is that? Um, I don't even know what the fuck you're doing no, now. Dude, Forget I'm it. Like, I'm pretending like I'm a DJ mixing the records, you know? Oh, <laughs> never would have guessed. Why Why are you licking your fingers? And... That's what they do. They lick their fingers for the vinyl. Uh, if you it was say a perfect so. impression. It, it was, was a perfect a... impression. Oh, because you have your little he- cool headphones on. You thought you looked, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. No, Shut up! <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, like we said, this is Nightmare on Fifth Street, and we are going to... Okay, I know we've been on a little break, but we are still discussing women of horror. I have to admit, I messed up a little bit. Today's movie that we... And, okay, so both Alma and I obviously have input in the movies we're going to be discussing. And then what I do is I, I grab those movies and I go and put them on, like, a spreadsheet or a Trello board. Just so that we can, you know, everything... I'm very kind of... Ugh, I'm a stickler for, like, the scheduling and the spreadsheets and all that boring stuff. And, um, <laughs> and poor Alma just likes to write it down on a piece of paper and everything. But anyways... So then I then grab those and I go and put them on the Trello board. And in my stupidity, I didn't even do any more research beyond the original list. that had Silent House, the Silent House. I assumed we were going to be talking about, and I'm going to be saying Uruguay just because um, the other day when I was talking, I was going back and forth between, between speaking Spanish, Spanish accent, English accent, and my whole tongue and brain, it just, it, it was not connecting. So I'm just going to stick to uh, English. <laughs> so this the original movie is from Uruguay and very good movie, but we're talking about women of horror and we should be discussing the American remake, right? Alma. Uh huh. What, well, the thing was I do the, I usually do the research on the movies. Dahlia did the list for this season and I had done the previous season and I didn't question it. I just went, looked up the movie. I researched and I knew that there was a remake. So I was like, which one would Dahlia pick? And the original makes sense, like Asamuda, because the lead is a woman. The whole movie is from a woman's perspective. So it made sense. Okay. But then I saw the remake was rewritten and directed by a woman and so i was like oh that has to be the one that dahlia meant so i went ahead and watched that so originally dahlia watched the original i watched the remake and we were just gonna go back and forth talking but you did watch both right well yeah because it turns uh-huh. out um because it's been a little bit of time since i watched it and i'm like oh, okay let me you know, let me rewatch it just to make sure. Cause you know, as soon as I watch a movie, I forget everything, everything. I forget all, I could rewatch a movie a week later and it's like a brand new movie to me. <laughs> so I wanted to rewatch it. And then I realized I have watched the remake. Um, and so I'm like, okay, cool. I can, I could talk about both of them now. <laughs> I can talk about both of them just fine. 
in my opinion, very different movies, but I guess we'll discuss. We'll do a little, not really necessarily a pro and con, more versus, you know, this versus that. And, you know, um, I first of all, I just want to say I do give, I do want to give props to, because even though you're going to probably hear me <laughs> um, not talk as well about the American uh, remake, um, I do love that it was uh, rewritten the screenplay and directed by a woman um, director, which I think is really awesome. I just think there are some limitations to that being the, not that, but the fact that it is written for an American audience now. And that's always my gripe with a lot of these remakes, that it ends up being rewritten for an American audience. And apparently people think Americans are stupid. Maybe we are. I don't know. But let's just get into it, Alma. What movies are we it's talking okay about? It's okay if we're stupid. <laughs> we can make fun of ourselves. But also I can't wait because Dali and I obviously are going to have varying, varying, varying opinions. And I think we're going to be on opposite sides here. Um, okay. So the original, La Casa Muda, The Silent House, is from 2010, written by Oscar Estevez and directed by Gustavo Hernandez. Um, the main actress is Florencio Colucci as Laura. And they have just two other characters, Gustavo Alonso as her dad and another um, actor, Abel Tripaldi. Mm-hmm. as Nestor and that is it that that's that's all you got <laughs> yeah I found so, this movie on AMC plus yes. and IFC yeah so both of them for yeah well obviously not free the AMC plus because you have to pay for that but if you already have mm-hmm. a subscription to AMC plus there you go and if not IFC um does offer some other movies for free I don't know if this one was but um yeah so that's yeah both those places and then, of course, the American remake, The Silent House, was made in 2011, the first 2010. Um, and the director's screenplay was written by, the director and the screenplay was written by Laura Lau. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Based on the writings of Gustavo Hernandez and Oscar Estevez. And it's directed by Lau and Chris Kentis. The actors in this one are Elizabeth Olsen as Sarah. Adam Tress or Treese as John the Dad and Eric Shuffy Stevens as Uncle Peter. And then we have Julia Chan as Sophia. And this one was on Stars. I'm sure. And before discussing the movies, in case this isn't a movie that you want to watch, we do have heavy trigger warning, content warning for sexual abuse, physical abuse, pedophilia, and incest. These are really heavy subjects. And the movie, um, the latter gets more into it, I think. Yeah. So well, uh, yeah, and also trigger alert, uh, trigger warning. Sorry um, for the you don't really quite know, but in the uh, original, maybe infanticide. So, um, all right. So let's. I don't know how we want to do it. We want to just give a quick little short summary of the movies this kind of goes for both of them but i'll I'll read this one um this one's for la casa muda a girl becomes Mm -hmm. trapped inside a house and becomes unable to contact the outside world as supernatural forces haunt it um yeah that was for uh the the spanish language one and for the 2011 remake a girl is trapped inside her family's lakeside retreat and becomes unable to contact the outside world as supernatural forces haunt the house with mysterious energy and consequences well right away those the short short summaries are like already different family's lakeside retreat and (laughs) it's like like okay like we can't okay (laughs) all right whatever i like 
I know. I love that. I love that. Over at my lakeside retreat, you know, um, yeah, that's where we holiday. They're just like, you know, (laughs) well, in the, in the original Spanish one, they head Uh over to the house because they're going to clear it out for sale. Okay. Dad and and Laura. Yes. Yes. For Laura, I, okay. You're, you're going to read about that. The whole, um, the way that the film was shot, we actually covered rope in a, Mm -hmm. I think it was our last season. Um, yeah, we did, right? Um, it was, a, it was, ooh, I don't know if it was a Patreon or if it was for, we'll, we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. I, we'll, we'll put yes. a link in the, in the show notes when we find that. Yes. And the thing about rope was the way that it was shot was supposed to look like one continuous, um, nonstop, you know, turn the camera on, off the end. And so the camera work plays on that and I actually enjoyed it. And it does it for both films. Now, I didn't really notice with the first one because it's almost done um i don't know i had like that uh what's it called found footage kind of vibe a little shaky a little really uh, the camera work i don't know i kind of felt a little uneasy for the because for the original yes i think it was a little bit darker and the footage looked older than yes you know what i mean okay it yes. just kind of it was shot darker. on a, they were shot on different cameras that's why mm-hmm. so the first camera i forget what it is alma you could probably find this um but the, the camera actually can only record and i believe it was 15 minute intervals so obviously the movie wasn't shot and anytime these movies say like it's in one continuous shot they're not really shot from beginning to end very rarely i'm sure there's some out there but very rarely are they really shot from beginning to end without stopping it's just the way they use uh transitions and cutting and editing it makes it look fluid like with uh, rope even with rope they didn't shoot it beginning to end like that what they did is um uh hitchcock in that version just did certain transitions and breaks like through furniture or through a person or something like that where it, it looks very seamless um but yeah it, it it's not really but um that that is uh i thought yes darker like literally darker there was lighting wasn't there like it is in like a, a bigger uh, a bigger budget movie with the American version. So the, they didn't use that lighting. They didn't use all those extras. Um, so the movie is darker. So maybe you are straining your eyes a little bit more. Um, it did, I think, add to the the mood and the feeling of the of the movie. You get a little bit more. Well, for me, I get a little bit more anxious. It makes me a little bit more anxious. Like, what's around that corner? And I, I find myself like literally trying to look around the corner. I'm like, dumbass, it's a fucking movie. You can't you can't see anything the camera can't see. Um, so I think it did add to it. Um, the American version, obviously, better budget, better lighting, all that stuff. I found that the American version made me sick. Like literally sick because they're trying to do that kind of, um, uh, it, it's not a found footage movie, but they're, I, I forget what it's called, but you know, when they follow the character along more like that kind of, uh, the camera's not as stable and it made me sick. I kept having to look away because I was getting dizzy and sick and all that, but I'm, I'm not quite sure if you know that you're, you're muted. I see you talking and stuff, but, um, yeah, you may have been talking yes! to me this whole time. This whole time. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, I was trying. I was trying to interrupt actually, because the original was shot on a Canon EOS 5D Mark II digital camera, um, shot over four days with a six thousand dollar budget, which Dahlia mentioned, the lower budget, two handheld lamps, and a few light tubes. That's why it the 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 lighting was actually 
I think, well, you would say more natural because it's dark in that house. The windows are boarded up. So any light that you use is more um, realistic. You're going to use a flashlight. You're going to use a lamp, a torch, whatever you want to call it. And in the other one, like Dahlia said, to me, it's strange because the darkness is what kind of made me feel uneasy and a little nauseous, you know? I was like, you know, the darkness does that for me. But that's just because I'm a big chicken and scared of the dark. In the other one, you're right. It pans around a lot and the movement is more done from her point of view, her perspective, like through her eyes. So that also does the same thing, but actually it, it made me a little bit, I felt a little bit better because the light just seemed brighter. I mean, I know that they're holding those lamps and everything, but when she walked around, it definitely lit up more. And in both movies, here you are doing that thing, Dahlia said, looking around the corner, like what's coming out next and everything. But because they was see, it seemed like the light lit up more, it didn't really bother me as much. Okay, so let's go ahead so we can just keep them a little bit straight. Let's start off with the, mm. uh, the Uruguayan movie um, and start off. Uh, we'll see we'll find a natural stopping point for that but okay so the movie begins with the mother like um not mother but like alma said the father and laura coming to the house they're going to fix it up for a family friend uh uncle but uncle could be family friend you know how that is um and it's it's not their house it's not dad and laura's house they're just there to help fix it up get it ready for i can't remember exactly what but they walk through the country field and all that so it's kind of setting up the setting it up already you know the sun's going down it's really beautiful like alma said it's from her point of view you start seeing a lot of things the house is boarded up laura's looking through the slats of the wood you know bar you know that have bore um uh are on the windows and everything and then they go in and there's no electricity there's no electricity in the house uh it's been empty for a while and uh, they are fixing it up so the family friend nestor says hey of course this is where you already know something's up he's like oh yeah blah 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 and don't go upstairs <laughs> don't go upstairs it's it's it, you know that's working up there they're working up there it's dangerous yeah whatever but don't go upstairs already we know something's up uh and and you know dad and laura are like yeah no, I, yeah whatever you know we're gonna just sleep down here we'll get to work in the morning or whatever right because they want to wake up early and get to work right away that's why they're there through the night and that, shit that makes going sense on. yeah i'm like well, if oh, for, you want to start family, early Yes, yeah, for them, it, it made sense. I thought it made sense. Yeah. I, I tend mm -hmm. to do that sometimes, too. If I don't want to miss out on a full day of whatever it is, like if it's travel or whatever, I'd rather get there the day before. That way I have the full day the next day. So I totally get yeah. that. made sense. They're going to go down for the night. Um, of course, Lauda's dad falls asleep right away. Um, and then, like I said, shit starts going wrong. What's going on, Alma? Yes. Well, you know, they mentioned that the, the, the radio is playing, playing a haunting melody. Something that maybe seems familiar. It's like um, the supernatural word I think was used a little loosely because I think it all has to do with uh, just memories like that deja vu. There's a music playing that sounds familiar. Um, then Lauda hears a noise and she's going to investigate. And of course, we're going to check shit out because otherwise we wouldn't have this horror movie. I mean, if you don't want them right? to check it out, just go watch a drama. Okay, they won't check shit out. <laughs> is uh -oh. this house haunted? What the fuck yeah. is going on in this house? And so she investigates. And when she comes back to find 
her father is restrained already. Like she is investigating the noises. And what was funny (laughs) kind of was the fact that she's like, I hear a noise and she did try to wake up her father. She did. And of course he's passed the fuck out. You know, some people can sleep like that. I fucking, I'm fucking jealous of people like that. I can't sleep like that. I can't. It takes me forever to go to sleep. And then every Mm -hmm. little fucking noise wakes me up. Those people aren't murdered usually in movies because <laughs> they're not investigating strange sounds. They sleep through everything. Uh, or in this case, when she comes back to find him, like, is he dead? Like, he is tied up. And I'm not sure if he's dead yet, but he's definitely, like... Well, she she also tried to get him to go uh, uh, check out the sound. She's like, you know, mm-hmm. go, hey, hey. but uh, I th- And I think he eventually, yeah, he eventually does wake up, though to get up mm-hmm. to go and check it out and then sh- and then again it just it's like it starts coming for me it became a little confusing maybe it's meant to be um because it's so dark and then you know things are it's again from her perspective so like if we see dad for a second then she's off doing something else and so we're not going back to dad to see what's going on we're only seeing mm-hmm. what she comes back to comes to and from um mm-hmm. so that that adds to the confusion as well because like like when you said when like she comes that, back, the mystery. It's like, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. is he dead? What's going on? Um, one thing I did want to add, because I'm going to come back to this later, is mm-hmm. that this film did do the whole uh, thing where it's like, this movie is based on actual events that happened in 1944. <gasps> yes! I forgot. <laughs> How did I forget about that? Yes, it did start with one of those things. It's supposed to be um, based on a true story. So... What part? We'll, we'll find out. Maybe Lolly has some more information for us. But I kind of, I dig that. I dig it. I'm yeah. for it. It's fine. It adds to the mystery of the movie. Yeah. In a low budget movie, okay, because she he is like restrained at a, at a point. Mm-hmm. She goes to try to figure out, she needs to get help, right? Yeah. So she goes off to try to get help. And when you leave this and you don't have a lot of money, of course, we don't want to focus on what's going on in all the rooms going back and right, forth right, right. or showing extra. I think it's a smart move. And it may mm-hmm. not be like the best move for people who are used to watching movies with a lot more, uh, you're getting a lot more scene. This mm-hmm. is what I like to call like a, a good movie for people who like the questions unanswered. Who, yeah. Um, it leaves things open for interpretation yeah. and stuff like that. But I mm-hmm. do see how that can be very frustrating for people. She immediately panics because she needs to get help. Mm-hmm. And she is off to like, let's get the hell out of here. And she can't find a way out. That part is the part that's like, why can't she fucking get out of this house? Yeah. That part is the disturbing part. That's where you get like the supernatural element. Is this house closed up? Yeah. Um, is someone locking her in? Is there somebody else with her? Well, at least mm-hmm. she thinks there's somebody else with her because something she heard is it. happening. She mm-hmm. heard it. She saw a lamp. She thought she was hearing the music. Again, all of this stuff is, like I said, really confusing. I think they did it really well. She can't find a way out. I thought it was perfect that they made it a house that supposedly is not her house. It's not their house. They're just there to fix it up. The fact that there is construction going on in the house, um, windows are, are boarded up, everything like that. So that limits her um, her way to escape the situation. It's perfect. And then no electricity. So it's not like she can just turn on a light and be like, oh, okay, that looks like it's the way I came from. No, she's having to deal with this stupid little lamp in her hand. And like, that's limited right there. So 
yeah, it's it's all confusing. She's hearing that she she had heard that struggle. She thought she saw the the lamp and maybe some dude over there. Was it her own shadow? Who knows? She finally uh, uh, finds a key to the front door because it's like you know, like the others, mm-hmm. you know, where you have to. Uh, uh, that's what I love about the others too. There's oh, always yeah. that one key, that one single key. Yeah, so she finds key that to key. Get out. Yeah, she found the key and she fucking gets the fuck away from there so oh i love that she books it she just runs and, she's and like, you're, you're getting it from her her point of view the running right uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and i'm that's, like that's, oh yeah. shit she made it out pretty quick because i can't remember the, the run time i'll look real quick but it didn't seem that long and she it's no. like okay so we're gonna she's gonna have a pursuer maybe someone's coming after her yeah well, she at least feels that someone's coming after her and i well, love that i feel because I, yeah she's trying to escape she's exactly. like i'm not fucking around i'm leaving I'm going and she starts running and that's where you see kind of like the shakiness, but she is running and you feel that, that anxiety because it feels like somebody is chasing after her. Have you ever done Mm -hmm. that game with yourself? Like where it's like, it's dark and you, and you're trying to get somewhere, like, even if it's just in the, in the house and and your heart Mm -hmm. starts thumping and and going really fast. It's like, you imagine someone's coming after you. It's like, Oh, the boogeyman's going to get me. Yes. And it scares the shit out of me. But in her, (laughs) exactly. But in her case, she actually, she, I mean, that's, that's a real threat. The movie's 86 minutes. So it was really short. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it does feel like it near the, end because it starts picking up really quickly in the beginning mm-hmm. i think it draws it out perfectly it's 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 mm-hmm. um uh uh i think it's it's slow the in the beginning good. yeah mm-hmm. i think it's slow in the beginning for a reason there's not much going on even when there is seems to be something going on it's still kind of slow and kind of letting you build that anxiety and then boom we start having shit happen so let's stop here for this one and let's go mm-hmm. over to the american version right now the um- Conversion. Oh, what are we doing at our lakeside retreat? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, well, first of all, we've had <laughs> our charcuterie laid out and our wines, our fancy wines and cheeses, and we're just here for a holiday weekend. <laughs> well, this is actually their house. This big yeah. old ass house is, yeah. you know, is her house, mm-hmm. and they are there to move out. It's it's her. Uh, uh, oh, and the what is her character name in this one? Oh, I don't know, but um, oh yeah. My so gosh, for once, I don't know. Yeah, That's weird of me. That is really weird. Everybody expects it from me. Nobody expects it from you, Alma. I forgot but, what is um, her name in the in this version. <laughs> the daughter. Um, again, when we when we're talking about these daughters, uh, I think in the um, in the Spanish version one, she's probably mm. maybe at most eighteen, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I think she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. College yeah. age, maybe. The yeah, girls. maybe college age. And in this one, too, mm. maybe college age. They might even say her age, but maybe college age. They're supposed to be um, not little kids. But anyways, so she's looking out all bundled up in her cute little sweater, looking out at the lake. Because it's Can such I read a beautiful view. Yes, please. Can I read this? Because yes, it, says, it says her Victorian home in the countryside. That's how the description is. <laughs> That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. But it is a completely different vibe. The other mm-hmm. one is they're coming to work in the house. Now, I, I, uh-huh. this is why I'll stop the comparing, but let's just stay with the American version. So in this one, um, you do get a whole different vibe. And I like, I want that lake house. So I am sitting here just totally jealous of her house, her and her cozy knit little sweater looking out over the lake and the scenery. And then she walks through this pretty little field that's still on their property. <laughs> to come back to the house. Yes, this is their house. Mm. She hasn't been there in years, though. Um, and now they're getting ready to sell it. So 
her dad and her uncle are starting to fix it up. They're doing it themselves, a DIY kind of shit. And um, so I think in this house, there there's no electricity as well. It's supposed to be turned on sometime during the week and it still hasn't been turned on. So they're using the same lamps kind of aspect here, which does help add the anxiety. And I think it's a clever way of making... Um, you don't have to see everything. I know some movies, they they, they, they want to show you everything. That's cool. That's fine. But sometimes I feel like you don't have to see everything to get scared. That Like my favorite ghost stories are the ones where you don't actually show the ghost. You know? Yes. You let uh-huh. your imagination run away from you. And I think in, in this movie, this type of movie, it works well. Because it's like, who the fuck is in the house? What the fuck is going on? I, I mm. can't find my way out. All this stuff. So. She, uh, her uncle and her dad are there. They're talking. Sarah. You know. Her name is Sarah. Okay, okay. Sarah. I like the way you Why couldn't they Sarah. have just named her Laura? Laura. They could have and made it American of Laura <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. No, okay. So Sarah, and I, I like Sarah's character. I like her. Mm-hmm. She seems really sweet. Um, and she's helping her dad. I thought that was really nice. She's helping her dad with the house. She's there there for, I, I don't know, maybe a week or two. Um, and it's, it's kind of the same setup, you know, they're talking about, you know, the house, the dad and the brother, his brother are kind of like, they're kind of goof offs. They're like, um, there's a tiny bit of a rivalry there, but I think it's good natured. It sounds like maybe, I don't know. I did not get that vibe. I did not get that vibe. I, I thought of them almost babying her to the point that automatically it just kind of the way that they spoke to each other made me uncomfortable because here's the thing like us kind of having a squabble or whatever playfully we understand that because we're family but watching somebody else's kind of because they were like arguing back and forth about something that wasn't important right and they had kind of like a disagreement, but you don't mm-hmm. know if it's, is this a family little uh, brother picking on brother or is oh, okay. this like a, okay, a real okay. thing? Because, you know, when it. you see other people have that kind of situation, it's like awkward. And should I leave? She seemed comfortable with it. Like they're doing their shit. And also um, she's kind of like walking around and looking for things. But remember her, she has a friend that shows up at the door another young friend about her age and they're talking and this friend is what also made me feel a little uncomfortable because she was like um talking to her kind of very familiar and sarah is like oh my gosh who the hell are you kind of but i i like that though because how many times have you i mean you see this in in movies all that you a cousin that remembers everything that y'all did as a kid all the games everything and you're standing there like uh, I don't remember any of that. None of that. I kind of remember you because you're my cousin. But other than that, I don't remember see, any of the shit you're talking about. <laughs> see, I like the way you describe that because that's exactly, you don't know. So it's, is this an uncomfortable, like, should I know you? Or is this like a, a stalker friend who was always kind of like thinking they were your friend, but not there. But you were so, never really their friend. Yeah. Yes. And so <laughs> I think that it, I do like that because it's like, okay, uh-huh. what's going on with the father and the brother yeah. and what's going on with the friend. But she did seem comfortable enough to hug her and say, oh, we'll hang out later or whatever. Yeah. And so she that's was kind of like, cool. Yeah. They're going to yeah, be like, I don't the, remember you, but let's go hang. Yeah. Or, 
Or I was thinking, maybe I do remember you, but you were weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe Sarah was the weird one, right? Oh, like, that's true. Maybe Sarah was the weird one. And, and the friend is the one that's being like, oh my God. Oh my God. Maybe I she have to make her normal of... or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't carry around that sock puppet anymore. Maybe she does not have <laughs> dreams of being a ventriloquist and she gave up on it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what's perfect about it because you're, uh, this one is more, uh, uh, it's a little bit more broad, the movie, where they're trying to show different perspectives, but it is still from Sarah's point of view. And the fact that, you know, she's not narrating or talking to anyone else about what's going on. We, we're, we're sitting there kind of thinking like, mm, is she the weird one? Is the friend the weird one? What's going on? Why doesn't she remember any of her childhood? Well, some people don't remember anything, you know, sometimes, you know, and I always think that's interesting. Like, really? You don't remember anything in your childhood? I'm like, I remember blah, 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 blah. blah. But some my people... husband doesn't. Like, he does not. His sister's constantly, like, reminding him. She's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we did do that. Kind of some people don't really care, whereas I think we have the best memories because maybe oh, I that's know, why I know. we're always bringing them up or whatever. <laughs> I know. I was but just did... talking to the to the girls the other day. I'm like, I am so glad that y'all have really good childhood memories of like doing stuff together and your imaginations. And like, that's really sweet because it reminds me of us when we were growing up. We just played, had a ima- played so much together, had these really just intense imaginations the the things we would do and and i i just love that my kids have that as well so yeah i think somehow accidentally passed that on to them but yeah some people don't remember their childhoods very well and that's fine mm-hmm. some people maybe are repressing them that's fine and that's where we get to what's going on here it's like yes this is, is this is so funny Dalia. <laughs> Dalia, this is this is so funny because so far we've mm-hmm. been on the but this is okay because like yeah. we're giving like reasons why this could all be normal for yes, everything it that could we're be normal here uh-huh she hears a strange noise again after her uncle leaves and he's mm-hmm. like okay i'll be back but that's why i'm like how young was she here elizabeth olsen plays um sarah Mm-hmm. And the thing is, because I feel like I've seen her for a long time on television. That's like, the well, problem. So you, we don't know how she, how old she exactly. Yeah. So I was like, how old is she? She was really young here. This was after she went to college. So she is very young where I was thinking, are we talking now to this 30 year old woman here? <laughs> when she's not, she's not. A no. And remember this is her- 2011, you know, probably yeah, uh-huh. yeah, as well. So yeah, she's, she's but young. It- she's young. <laughs> They kind of like, okay, so she hears the strange noise. She goes, it's her dad. Something's happened to her dad. And once again, she is in this home that seems to be locked everywhere. And um, I, I, I like that they show a little bit more. I didn't notice that. I watched this movie first. I didn't notice the continuous shot until probably halfway through the movie where I realized, hey, it's just following her because, you know, I don't do the damn research before I watch the movie. I do it after. That's when I look everything up. So it's following her and she has the lamps. There's no electricity. But um, the way that they do it, I feel like it gives a lot more broader view of everything in the house. Like you can really see this is a big house. And, and this house is, is more open. The other, yes. the other house is like a real house, you know, maybe a little bit more quartered off and the rooms and everything and the dark little short hallways this movie i mean this movie this house is more open has an open layout so and it works well for this movie 
I, I think, because you can see a little bit more like you're looking over there and shit, the same shit's happening uh, to her where it's like she's hearing things, music, she's checking it out. Um, what's up with dad now? What's going on? And the close-ups to her face are like, she's really letting, I think she does a really good job of showing her fear in this. Cause I mean, like I'm looking at her, I'm like, fuck. I'm I, was really, <laughs> I was really impressed. Now, not in a bad way. Okay. She mm-hmm. finds her dad mm-hmm. and every emotion that she has from the, who the hell are you to the, what the hell is going on here to being scared and frightened and trying to run around. I really felt that. I think that, and I only said impressed, not like in a derogatory way, like, oh, I've never, I've never really seen her in much. I've seen her do movies and stuff like that, but not really movies that I, that I watch. You know what I mean? And um, I know she does the Scarlet Witch and everything like that. And I saw the most recent one, but this really, I think showed her versatility at such a young age, her emotion I was a really more into it. And this one that unfortunately for the other movie, I know we were trying not to compare right now, but it was only because I think that they really gave more opportunity to just kind of be in with the bigger house, with the bigger from room to room, with the giving a little bit extra, you were able to get more into her character, I think. And so when she finds her dad and that panic sinks in and she's trying to get the hell out of this house, I felt it like, um, oh my God, like, why can't she get out of this house? Like, what is going on here? I really thought that there was a supernatural entity. Um, I really thought that there was going to be a ghost or maybe someone was living in the house who, uh, because, you know, they're, they're, well, they're they, they're, to they think it could be squatters, out. like in both situations, uh-huh. because the houses have been empty sitting there for a while, that it's very possible, especially who wouldn't want to be a squatter in a house that's been empty by the lake? In the countryside, what was it? The old Victorian, Victorian house. Victorian home by the countryside. I was squatting an old Victorian empty house by the lake. I don't know. I don't know about you. I, I was thinking Hellraiser vibes because of the fact that you know when they go in the house and it, it's obvious. Well, the brother was squatting in there yeah. um, in Hellraiser, and then this one, I thought there was going to be a squatter or some monster person just like in all the movies i've seen this year who has been you know held up in this home yeah um, coming after them but she's trying to get help frantically and Mm -hmm. there's there's no help there's there's no help until she eventually finds the key to help her get out and she runs out and she um gets uh her uncle's attention who is returning to his home like, he's coming. He yeah, he, I don't know if he lives nearby, but he's coming. I believe he mm-hmm. is coming back to the house for maybe to drop off something or anything. Maybe he said in the beginning. I can't exactly remember. But okay, mm-hmm. so now we're caught up with both both movies, and I want to say real quick with both movies. Right before she meets up with the uncle, I'm just going to say uncle in both movies. Um, um, when she meets up with them, Laura in the in the uh, Spanish language one, and then this one in the American the English one, um, she sees a little girl. She sees a little girl kind of off like by a tree, a little bit off in the field, uh, however it's set up in each movie. She sees a little girl, dark hair, long dark hair, kind of maybe standing there. It's just far enough away and just quick enough that maybe you can't really see the little girl in pajamas. What's she doing? She looks like she could be barefoot. What the fuck is she doing out here all alone? Um, and then, um, you know, ah, she almost gets hit by the car and then she gets in the car, both of them, Laura and uh, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Well, she wants to know who this fucking little girl is out there. Yes, <laughs> also. but I so got, that's in the back got, of her head. 
Yeah, what I got vibes from Sarah from the the remake that this was a memory that she was having, like something deja vu ish. Whereas in the other one, I thought that it was uh, a separate, like she was seeing somebody who was there, a ghost or something supernatural. And I think it was because of the fact that it's just done, it's done with a little bit. A, not a little bit more detail is that it's giving a lot more background in the remake of the movie. Now, this is the thing when Dahlia brings up about American remakes is they make it for the American audience. And sometimes it feels like they are dumbing it down or dumbing it up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a really dumbing. We're really big dummies. We're I just feel yeah, we they have to fill stuff. in all the little holes with us. Yes, because yes, we, Americans do. do not like walking away from a movie feeling like, what? What was that about? <laughs> what was this? Tell me what this is about. I'm going to go Google yes. this and find out. So in the American version, we're getting a lot more little plot holes filled in sooner uh -huh. and throughout the movie. And we get a little bit more of that completion at the end. Whereas uh -huh. uh, the Uruguayan movie is like, fuck you guys. Y'all can figure this shit out for yourself. Yes. Didn't I tell and you so this see, movie you was can... based on a real true story in 1944? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to look that shit up. I'm just going to take that at face value. It was a fucking <laughs> remake. Of... It could be found footage. This is real footage. You're going to put whatever the fuck you want in it. And I'm going to go for it. The thing is, the remake is like, because it gives that extra information information this is where a lot mm -hmm. of people will have problems with it because it's like why do we have to do so much with women's trauma in movies yeah. oh, why God. do we have to get so much into detail when you don't need that because mm -hmm. we get it in the first one we get that there's the kind mm -hmm. of trauma there we get that there was an abuse she's finding photos she's like what the hell mm -hmm. is this yeah. and we get it without needing to spell it all out. And yeah. in the in this one, the remake, now they aren't going into as greedy detail, but they're giving us flashes. And they're and giving they, us it's a lot bits. more. It's, and you it's feel like, it a lot more in the second one. So trigger warning yes. going forward. Um, mm -hmm. This is where you want to pause, stop, whatever. This is where we're going to get into a little bit more detail. Don't worry, we're not going to get into great detail. But this mm -hmm. is where the the fold the unfolding of the story comes into play so let's go back to our uruguayan film uh like asamuda where we're talking about she comes back to the house with nestor and her mm -hmm. and nestor are laura are going throughout the house and they're trying to find dad and right away nestor's like i told you not to go upstairs i told you not to go upstairs i'm like motherfucker just find the dad don't mm -hmm. worry about whether you know i told you upstairs. my, my dad up. is fucked up help him yeah. okay that's what she's just, there for exactly just stop talking about the fact we weren't supposed to go upstairs we did okay now <laughs> let's go fucking look for him so yeah they're they're going around trying to find dad um and this is where she comes into a room and she starts to see well she was seeing bits and pieces of it but it's starting to come more together she sees uh, uh, Polaroid pictures. Um, you remember Polaroid people? You know, the one that you, you take the picture, and the picture comes out, and then you have to wave it a little bit. Everybody so knows Polaroids. They Not still everybody. make them. I know. Everybody, everybody does. Knows. Everyone okay. has a, a Polaroid. Or just a, in case. Or a, just in case. Pics. Okay, go ahead. Just in case. <laughs> just in case. Okay? So she's starting to see more of this stuff. It is disturbing, to say the least, that she finds she is in some of these photos. And it looks like um, she was not, she was having an unconsensual relationship. Uh, the R word, in case that's hard for people to hear, but the R word, maybe, 
even so. They try to paint it like if she was the one. This is the what disturbed me a little bit. Like if, but she obviously was a, a child, a younger person. So mm-hmm. it's R. It's it's straight up R here. Um, this is not consensual, but they made it seem like she was consenting. But even if she was, quote unquote, mm-hmm. saying okay, she was a kid. So no, she didn't mm-hmm. say okay. Yeah, because she's barely an adult if she's an yeah. adult. She's not. And the it's thing about straight up is that- a- abuse they didn't really need to have any any photos because in the photos it's more of like a person her age now when we know that's not possible but we appreciate the fact that they didn't try to make anything but they could have just not had any they could have not had any but thankfully they didn't have but thankfully they didn't have pictures of of kids that were supposed to be like hey this is you when you were little i appreciate that it is um very painfully obvious now that that she was being sexually abused by, at the very least, by Nestor, the family friend, uncle, and that somehow maybe the dad was also a part of this. Hmm. And but they leave that completely open to interpretation. Uh, just mm-hmm. kind of you can interpret what you want. We find the baby cradle. Um, she had a child at some point. So that is where the questions come in as to what happened here. Now, she, with, yeah. I she, think a good movie is you don't need to not, I'm not going to say like dwell. I don't think that's the correct word, but you don't need to get into as much detail as you need to just be aware that this something yeah. happened. And it's just as, wow as it would have been if you gave too much information Mm -hmm. you don't need to get into the information but you are aware so that you know this is messed up something very bad happened to this girl now we know as we're piecing things together that she is also has repressed these memories and is it's coming back to her because now she's in that house so the this problem is I Nestor's have, house. Right. Mm-hmm. This is Nestor's house. This is where apparently mm-hmm. everything was going down. Um, this is where I kind of always always have a problem too with movies. I do think, and I, I, I will, even though I'm, I'm saying good things about this movie, I will also point out the bad stuff. I hate when they do this psychotic break type stuff in movies. It's like, it's, I feel it is lazy. It's very lazy. I see what they were trying to do here though. I really do. But what, like to, to the point where you were talking earlier about using our trauma, childhood trauma, women's trauma, um, uh, sexual abuse trauma to be that thing, you know, that, that detail that, you know, is like so salacious or it's the thing that makes you break or crack. And unfortunately, sometimes people do, but it's just like, it's so sensationalized that it's just like, um, so I feel like at least this movie is ambiguous enough where you can be kind of like, maybe she always fucking remembered. And then mm-hmm. she just finally had enough of it when she was there. And like, I see these things that I can take my revenge with. So mm-hmm. that's how I'm kind of trying to skew it a little bit. Uh, Cause it's different in the, in the American version. Uh, and this one uh-huh. is like, it could be, you know, maybe I'm, I'm going to choose to say it's ambiguous enough to where maybe she always knew, always had it back there and always just like, and then it just kind of came to the head where it's like, Man, fuck these motherfuckers! I'm I'm done. I'm done. And but mm-hmm. she does. She she it ends up that she um unfortunately was pregnant. Unfortunately, the baby did not survive, and she she fuck it, fuck it, you guys, fuck you. Uh-huh. That, that, that's what happened. She, I like I like that you said the ambiguity of it because that's the 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 feeling that I got was oh man. I have repressed these things. I've remembered them. 
And I think it was kind of, I, I felt to myself that she was kind of like, oh, fuck, look what I did. And she's trying to get out of the house because she's kind exactly. of like, shit. I need to get the fuck out of like, like, like it was deserved, but shit, now it's on but me. But <laughs> also, I need to get out of here yeah. to freedom. And then, um, you know. Then so she sees I, Nesta out there and then decides. I like maybe. movies that, that I yeah. can choose to decide like how things are, um, mm-hmm. like how I want to interpret what's yeah. going on with her because okay. we're, we're, we're tired of the, we're all going to stop at some point yeah. and do things that we have no clue what we're doing. Come on. Yeah. Cause it's always done from the woman's perspective. Yeah, and it's, yeah exactly. That we're like, just we're so like, fragile. we're just walking around like little fairies everywhere, <laughs> oblivious of the things that have happened to us. And one day we're just going to do, you yeah. know what, you know, who right. knows. And so in the other one, Okay, so well, let's finish up this one real quick. So she does okay. kill them. She does kill oh. Uh, oh, her yes. dad. She does kill they Nestor. Uh, and um, she leaves the house. She burn. Uh, she burns. I don't remember if she burns the house or she burns the pictures. But either way, the evidence is there because as we finish reading, because remember, guys, this is a true story. It's based on yes. true. It's a true uh, story. We see, we see that um, Laura was never found. Uh, the bodies of two men were there with these these mysterious pictures and what what we don't know what's going on here and we never hear from laura again so um at least those two got their comeuppance and um pobrecita laura's out there that had to deal with all this shit from these two motherfuckers and hopefully she's living a good life now well it's 1944 she was 20 let's see oh she might be oh well she might be passed away by now but hopefully she led a good life (laughs) <laughs> I love I love revenging as well. So I'm I kind of conflicted because I'm always like, get them and, and in in horror movies because it's like, come on, you know they're not they're not real people, but in this case they were real. But it's still, um, <laughs> I'm all for the they deserved it, let them die kind of mentality. So it's kind of conflicting. It's like we don't need the women's trauma from my side, but then I'm like, but good. Fuck those guys, you know. And, but at the same time, we want to see justice for some yeah. for these women that have to do endure this this trauma. Yeah, so, they're, um, they're the ones who wrote it. We just want them to have their justice, okay? Yeah, exactly. And they do they do end it with her walking off into that field yeah. with the image of the girl, a young girl, which could have been mm. her daughter. And I, you know, I'm like, it 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 gives. It is enough for you to lead to to interpret the things that you want to. Yeah, it's ambiguous enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very low budget, so you know I think what they did with what they had was great. I love mm-hmm. that when you have a lower budget, you use kind of like that uh, closed set, small, contained. The fewer actors, the better. I think that they did. Uh, she did. I think the actress did a very good job. Uh, running around, giving us all those emotions that she can. It does seem like almost half the length that it actually is with an 89 minute runtime. It does seem so short that, you know, um, I didn't really, I couldn't get into as much of how she was feeling, you know. Well, it's actually, it was 86, it was 86 86? minutes and the American version is 87 minutes. <laughs> One extra minute and they gave whole me extra so much minute. more emotion. <laughs> the range. So now coming back to the American version. Um, we're back where she's in the car with her uncle, Peter, um, after she's ran out of the house, saw the little girl, all of that. And they're going back to the house and fucking 
Sarah's like, don't go back in there. You, I'm, I told you what happened. Dad, yeah, why did he knock listen? the fuck out? There's somebody in there doing shit, and you're gonna go back in there. And of course, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I'm a man. I'm gonna go in there. <laughs> and it's like, no, let's not go somewhere safe and call the police. No, I'm gonna march right back in there. Yeah, no, I said go get the police. <laughs> he doesn't want to listen to that. So no. going back in that house, he deserved whatever is coming to him. I and this the is same where, way. <laughs> this is why uh, I saw this one first. His whole vibe was upsetting me in the car he's not listening to her she's saying there's something wrong with dad let's get help he goes back in there like who are you rescuing if she said her dad needed help what are you a doctor do you have a toolkit for doctor right that's exactly what, what are I you thought. doing and the way he was talking to her was he was talking to her like a little girl and hugging her yeah. and i didn't like it mm-hmm. i didn't like it because i just felt like he wasn't seeing her as an adult Mm-hmm. And that's what was off because I know in a familial relationship, a lot of times mm-hmm. with our children, with our parents, mm-hmm. they look on us and they see mm-hmm. us as little kids. But this was the uncle. And I just didn't like the way that he spoke to her or mm-hmm. the way his mannerisms were, yeah. which I was I was right because I was watching it. My husband was like, you were right. Bad <laughs> dude. He's a bad dude. Yeah. So she shows him where the father, she left him. Well, she blood, has to go so back least... inside. Remember, mm-hmm. because she's sitting in the car like I would be like, actually, I would probably driven away. But um, <laughs> um, someone tries getting into the car and like she's fucking forced back into the house. So it's like she's out there all alone after she just said what she went through. And the yeah. keys, actually, the keys to the car were not in the in the if I remember no. correctly, we're not in the car anymore. Uncle took them. Like, why would you take mm-hmm. the fucking keys with you? So she's forced back into the house to re-see and relive everything wrong going inside. Dad's mm-hmm. gone. Where'd dad mm-hmm. go? Where's his, where's his, 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 you know, alive body? Cause he was alive. Where's his mm-hmm. alive body? Somewhere else. And then shit starts happening. And unfortunately, Sarah starts going through shit that she doesn't need to be going through. And mm-hmm. then we have the Polaroid camera come into play here. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a little box with some photos earlier, confusing mm-hmm. what's going on here. And then they had gotten, um, they had a generator. Remember the generator? They, I think <gasps> yes. they had a generator that was working, uh-huh. but then that stops working for a little bit. And so now mm-hmm. she has to use the camera. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Oh, I don't I know like why I'm making that weird noise. That. Why am I doing that weird noise? Cha-ching. I don't know. That's like so, a cash register sound. <laughs> I know. It does sound like a cash So she's what's using her cash register. It's more like kachung. No, no, that's not it either. Okay, anyway, so bad. she's going around clicking it, <laughs> clicking it so she can use the flash. Because, you know, you always have to use the flash. Nope, that's not the sound. Either. <laughs> okay, come on, just drop it. <laughs> and she's just catching a little glimpse of, of shit that's going on around here. Um, mm. It's it's so much. And I think with the bigger budget, I think they 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 did a, a good job of filling in these little little plots like pieces that maybe some of us need where it's like okay now we're starting to see that um maybe she is one of the children in the pictures what's going on there's a lot the 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 fucking the peter uncle peter is acting even more Mm -hmm. shady um he finally gets got but we don't know how again with the darkness and the everything going on around it's so confusing we don't know we hear the clunks the clunks and the kablumps over here <laughs> and the and the chichings over here uh, only catching whiffs of this and that and then it finally comes to a culmination where we see 
Sarah is standing in, uh, I think there's a fireplace in the grand living room, the very grand, huge room. I don't know what the fuck that is, but it's a Victor- the old Victorian room. home. Yeah, in the ballroom. With a lead pipe. <laughs> and um, we see her dad there, and we see her uncle Peter being- And her friend. I, well, yeah, we, we did meet her friend. Her friend came to pick mm-hmm. her up. Remember her mm-hmm. friend came to pick her up, and that's why I said these plot holes were starting to get played. Because she's like, you don't remember anything there, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You don't remember nothing. And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. She didn't say that, but that's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking in my head. Like, if someone's yeah. telling me you don't remember, I'm like, just fucking tell me then. Just fucking yeah. tell me. Don't ask I'm me. I'm telling you I don't remember. <laughs> don't ask so me if I remember. <laughs> you saying do you remember over and over isn't going to make me go, oh, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> no, just fucking tell me. That's that, that that that's the thing that bugs me. When people are like, mm-hmm. really, really? No, just get to the fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. Anyway, so we're in that room, and I keep calling him Peter. Probably that, that's not. Yeah, that's, that's it is. It's name. Peter. Um, he uh-huh. gets dragged in by this. John. Yeah, he gets uh-huh. dragged in by this great big giant dude, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? And we see this giant dude dragging him in. Like, oh, what is he do? Is he working with her? No. Then we do a little spin around, whoop, and it's the reveal where it's actually Sarah. Sarah mm-hmm. is dragging Uncle Peter into the room, and she's done with them. She's fucking done. Uh, and now she's being, she's living the truth of the situation. These two fucking horrible men abused her, sexually abused her, and she's getting her revenge now. And again, like I said, I don't care for movies that, that do this break with reality you know it was very obvious in this movie where they were showing like she doesn't remember anything and she snapped you know Mm -hmm. i don't like that why couldn't she have remembered from the beginning and planned the whole thing out why not here's the thing too is that we always bring up when it is it was them the whole time like remember when we had brought up high tension if it was her from her point of view when was she moving these bodies around when was she dragging her dad around when was she tying up so what you want us to interpret is that she has this whole other personality that is covering up this what's going on and that is even more of a stretch for us to have to um to deal with you know the that that trope of the um that you know the the split personality that they do to 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 make things explained yeah. for us like yeah we didn't we didn't really need that so the extra yeah. information was okay we know how horrible the dad and the uncle were and she did experience all this but then it leaves a lot of who was that big person was that her alternate self dragging around you know what's going on the father is such a tool that he convinces her to untangle i mean un whatever it's called uh so let him he, go exactly so he used uh, her own um mental abilities dealing with this trauma in her life it, it makes you realize that he knew she was struggling with this and had moments where she didn't remember and he abused that because first of all he he brought her back to the house when he knew what he did but yet she didn't remember and he was okay with bringing her back with the uncle and all that that's fucked up and then like you said he was able to do that convincing with her like oh i see now i can 
I can keep spinning this thing and keep making her forget it so that I could keep what, doing whatever the fuck I'm doing. Exactly. That's fucked up. That's so and fucked up. Their, their predatory ways are so uh, just like they're so offensive because several times she encounters these pictures. The father finds the pictures in the room room or there was the uncle and picks. They just have that shit out. That is how messed up these two guys are that they have her in this home and they just have shit laying out that. So it, it, it makes it even not that you could have it be worse, but I just mean like, if you think about it, it's like, this isn't like just a thing that happened to her. This is something that's continuing to happen to her. Exactly. And they no, are I, what I, is I, doing that. Yeah. I totally understand what you mean. You didn't mean like it was not anything or like it just or mm -hmm. whatever. Yes, it was horrible. And even when it stopped, it was still horrible and was she was still suffering from it. But the fact that they kept going and 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 doing all this to her, even if they weren't literally physically still abusing her, they were abusing her because they kept putting her back in the same situation over and over and over. And that's what's fucking horrible. And yeah, she kills them both and they die. And that's good. Unfortunately, again, she was forced to have to deal with this herself. She was the one that had to take action. She's the one that is going to be whatever happens after this. She's the one that's painted mm -hmm. as the person who did the killing. And that's what sucks mm -hmm. about it. You know, mm -hmm. she did everybody a service here. Sorry, guys. Mm -hmm. In both of the movies, I think, you know, the characters did everyone a service. But at the end of the day, they still had to do this, this thing that they should never have had to do if they had been treated right. So mm -hmm. both movies, um, in my opinion, uh, the moods are very different. I feel like mm -hmm. um, there was nothing. Well, that's not fair. I don't, I don't want to say that. I don't want to feel like there was nothing left to the imagination in the American version because it was well done. I do feel like it, mm -hmm. but I just feel like because it's made for an American audience, they just tell us everything and they're not letting us think for ourselves throughout the whole movie. But see, <laughs> it's and, like, you know, see, what's coming, why, you know, what's coming. Uh -huh. But in this, this is probably the first time though, that I feel like the American remake was uh, was perfect for the American audience. I usually say it's doing us a disservice by giving us all this extra or whatever because we always say that they dumb it, they dumb it up like like we're not that dumb. Okay, <laughs> sometimes we can think for ourselves. We can fill in the holes if we want to, but with this one, it was like. From reading reviews, Dalia, because I read a bunch of reviews because I got into it and, you know, reviews can really upset people. But it was like, uh, so what really happened? So what is the thing? Blah, 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 blah. Well, there were no questions with this one. Everybody knew. So there wasn't any of that, uh, the perspective from the audience going, so what happened? What did this? No, because they, they gave it all to you. The, the plus side on this one, I think they were both very strong um women leads in both the movies and i really liked elizabeth olsen in this i thought she she was great she was I really good it. in this yeah she was yeah um, i was like i was just i was i really liked her mm -hmm. performance i don't think that we had enough from the first one only because um because of the plot because you're not you don't know where she's coming from at all the points but in this one because they gave you yeah all the little details yeah, you know yeah. Where she's i get that from. i get that okay i agree i agree i so see what you're saying there uh-huh so i do think i like and, and both in both of them too i didn't really think the the actor dudes were you know like 
stood out or anything and they, like I that. I don't think they were mentioned. That's, to. What, that's yeah. what I like about it. You know, uh-huh. they, don't, they don't put much thought into the, the male characters and that's good. Other than uh, I think the American version, they did try to um, creep them up a little bit more sooner, you know. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I get, but yeah, um, yeah, they sure did. They them <laughs> up. Uh, so the, uh, like I, we, Alma said earlier, the budget for the Uruguayan movie was $6,000 US dollars. Um, the budget for this American version was $2 million. Um, the first, uh, the Uruguayan movie premiered in Cannes, um, in 2010 and the American version premiered in uh, a Sundance uh, 2012. It was, no, sorry, 2011 was released 2012. Uh, so, yeah. And like I said, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that they, uh, the first movie, at least, I don't remember, if, I don't think the second one did, um, but the original Uruguayan movie did the whole thing. And of course it's, it's a thing, it's a thing that they use in movies to try to get you sucked in. And you, you know, it's based on a true story or based on facts or based on whatever. I get it. It's not mm-hmm. really, some, most of the time, nobody really believes that anymore. I think we've, we've all, but it just gets you in a mood when you start watching it. And I, I'll totally go into that, even though I know it isn't true, but I wanted, I did my due diligence. I wanted to find out, okay, was this movie, was it based on a true story in any way, shape or form? Because, sorry, um, I need, I'm going to take a sip of my water real quick. Let me just mute this real okay. quick. So um, I went ahead and looked. Because, like, with the movie um, The Strangers, is that what it's called? The Strangers? Yes. Um, uh-huh. I know that, which one you know, you're talking about. That one, it says that the, the guy, the person, I think it was a, a gentleman, he says that he thought of it because of a, a break-in that happened when he was, you know, that's what inspired it. So I get that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to figure out, okay, so even if it didn't exactly happen like this, was there something that could have um, uh, uh, made the the screenwriter go off on this little thing? Like, oh, I'm going to make a story out of this. I found, mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked everywhere. I looked online. I looked at newspapers. I was trying to find anything. <gasps> Are um, you doing so- a microfiche montage? <laughs> and I, I did a microfiche. I did a microfiche montage. Damn. And I was looking for anything, anywhere, searched online, uh, articles, reviews about the movie, there were a lot of reviews from back when the movie originally came out, referring to it being based on a true story, but they, the people reviewing or writing the articles, either not mentioning anything further than that or saying that they couldn't find anything. Um, so I was like, and then I've also heard like some people say, well, it's, it's Uruguay 1954, so... Uh, maybe, you know, like the stuff is lost about the story. But I do want to share that actually Uruguayan history is really, really quite fascinating. And um, Uruguay in 1944 was actually pretty similar to uh, the United States in different parts in 1944. They weren't as like behind in technology or anything what people might um uh, in a very bigoted manner think. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very close to the way we were here in the United States, right? Uh, a lot of political and economic details that are just so like people will find totally boring. So I won't get into that, but I just want to mention a few things so that we can understand the time period of 1944 and how, like, if this story really did happen, we probably could have found something on it. Okay. So it was, it was fun to go down this little rabbit hole. Okay. So, um, it doesn't appear. I can't find anything 1944 of anything uh, even closely resembling two men 
being either injured or murdered, left behind in a home, and like a daughter or a woman being connected with that and disappearing. Okay, so I, I tried different ways to find that. Um, 1944 in Uruguay, Uruguay was actually probably faring better economically than the United States was in, in you know, yeah, certain take places. that America. Uh, they had one of the best ex- economies or not, if not the best economy, economy, depending on where you find your information in South America at the time, they were one of the first and quickest and most stable economies to come back and bounce back after the great Dep- depression. Um, during world war two, which is 1944, uh, they did supply wool, beef and other goods to the allied forces. Um, and Alma, um, I believe, uh, I'm going to show you, actually, I'm going to show you a couple of things first. So I have a little treat for you. Okay. I'm going to share a couple of clips that I found from, you remember those old videos that they used to show us in school? Like this is, you know, and they take a, a very far away place. Like this is such and such, like in blah, 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 Vietnam. And this is, uh, this is the mom going out into the, you know, for the day to work. And then, you know, remember those old black and white and they had that music playing in the background. So I found a few for uh, uh for your, your Montevideo, okay? So I'm going to share with you what life was like a little bit in the 1940s. And let me see if I can, uh, I'm, I don't know how to do this. So I'm just going to start playing it and see what happens. Under the biggest ombu tree in all Montevideo. That's typical. Their day begins early. The steel shutter has tightly enclosed the bedroom during the night. Wardrobes like this one are commonly used instead of closets. So in this, we're just watching a, a man. This is a black and white film. Um, and he's just getting ready in front of the mirror. It just looks like any other dude in the 1940s. He's putting on a tie. He has a long sleeve white shirt. So like very like what you would expect to see here. gets the morning milk from a sidewalk vendor. And in the breakfast room, the family is having its first meal. Bread or crackers with jam and butter, and coffee with hot milk, which is drunk even by the children. Okay, so can you hear me? Did you see how? Okay, so I, I know that was this one was more visual than it was, you know, hearing. But I, I wanted you also to get into the mood with the music because remember these old videos with the music and everything? It's all jolly and happy. So they showed this family sitting around. Um, they have a maid. Um, they have uh, the the. The one thing I found was funny, though, was the kids were drinking coffee. So now we could show people. It's like, see, it is a Latino thing. You fucking drink coffee (laughs) as fucking kids. This kid's like no more than seven or eight. I don't know. And and, and sitting there drinking the coffee with milk in it. Um, Kids wearing pretty good pair of glasses, too. You know, so again, Mm -hmm. I just tried to I wanted to share that. It's like it's not exactly like, you know, oh, you know, it's, it's like their system could have been different. They're not going to get the news out. There's a fucking video mm-hmm. for us to watch here in the United States of a, now obviously they, they chose a well-to-do family, but it's like very similar to here in the United States in 1944, right? Okay, mm-hmm. Alma, I sent you 
a couple. <laughs> do you have them ready or do you need a uh-huh. little bit of time to get? Okay. Okay. I want you, which one do you want to read first? You choose one. Okay. I'll just read the first thing that you sent me. Um, let me go ahead and blow this up. So I, what I did was I wanted to show how I was doing, like I said, I did my due diligence. I was looking for news from Uruguay, from anything that happened, anything that could be newsworthy to reach over to the United States. Right. So that's what I did. I I see your face. Oh my God. I haven't read it yet. Dalia told me not to read these before Uh I read them to y'all. Yeah. So. It says Uncle Ray's Corner. I guess that's the this name. This is a horrible of... one. This is so this this is a little piece that I found. I forget. Alma will tell us which. Can I get away with saying this stuff? I'm afraid. Okay, again, Most... I want. I'll read the title. It's horrible. It's horrible, right? Okay. What if somebody edits this to think that I said this? No. Most people in Uruguay. Is that how you say it in English? <laughs> I don't know how to say it in English. That's I want to go back and forth. <laughs> Most people are of pure white blood. Anyone who wants to find the smallest republic in the new world will have to look for it in Central America. You can find several little ones there. What? In South America, the smallest republic is Uruguay. Remember that I am speaking of republics, French Guiana and Dutch Guiana, and smaller, but they are colonies, not republics. Um, It ranks last in size among the South American republics, but how does it rank in other ways? It is second from last in population, but it is at or near the top in civilization. Oh, only two other South American republics can compare in progress. Some persons mix it with Paraguay, but it is a big mistake to do that. It of its people are most of its people are Indians. I know okay. it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. On the other hand, it has a large port city. I get you guys. Y'all, mostly can, of the y'all white race. <laughs> cannot appreciate how disgusted Alma is reading this. Her face is just dripping Less. with disgust and contempt <laughs> reading this. Less than 15% are of Indian or mixed blood. In all of South America, only Argentina has such a large proportion of whites. Uruguay is right across the river from Argentina. There are two river boundaries between these countries. One is the river um, and the other is the very wide Rio de la Plata or River Plate. Sorry, it's a little hard to read it because of the it's like an old clipping in Peru, Bolivia. And there are many llamas, but Uruguay has very few of these animals. So that makes it more civilized. They even put civilized in quotation marks. They know they shouldn't be saying it that way. There are four times as many cattle as people. If the sheep in the country were divided up, each person would have eight of them. As we might expect from the great number of cattle, it is the center of the meat industry. Each year, it exports millions of dollars worth of beef. Much of this beef goes to Great Britain and Ireland. Ooh. Okay, and it says here, a specialty is its jerked beef. The fat is taken from the meat and then the lean beef is hung where sunshine will strike it. After being dried in the sun for several days, jerked beef will keep a long time without spoiling. For travel section of your scrapbook. Hmm. That, so I guess you cut out this this little Uncle Ray's corner that we found. I actually found this piece in a lot of newspapers. This was in the Greenville News, Greenville, South Carolina, 11th of May, 1944. Dali, so there's it, also this really racist caricature, <laughs> I know, I know, caricature I know. drawing in the corner of this. I know. I know. It's absolutely horrendous. It's, it's like I was... 
my mouth was open for so long when I found this. Thing. But again, I wanted to share like Uruguay was not unknown to us in the United States, right? In 1944, we apparently thought really highly of them. We probably would have talked about this this story. Like, and that's where you go get your children that you want to steal. Like, why did it make it seem like if you want white children, it was that this pretty, is where you could get some children? It's pretty horrendous. It is really horrible. It's, it's yeah, just reading it and watching you read it. I just like my tummy was turning. And, but I loved watching you read it. Just disgusted. This is 1944. This, this is a newspaper clipping in 1944. Um, like I said, I was looking for anything out of Uruguay, 1944. Alma, can you read the next one? So I did find something because I was like using different search options and everything, trying to figure out, can I find anything about a woman, a man, a woman and a man, a young girl, whatever, <laughs> Uruguay, 1944. Can you read the next one, Alma? All right. This girl trail soldier, fiance North. Okay, hang on. That was a little cut off. Attractive young Leonora Larea, 19, who found her fiance, had been transferred before her arrival here of from Uruguay. Oh, it's a misprint. There's little misprints. Okay. Is scheduled to arrive today in Bainbridge, Georgia, where she will be married to aviation cadet Kermit S. Midthun as soon as arrangements can be made. Miss Larea, who had to obtain permission from Uruguayan courts before she left Montevideo to marry her American fiance, was upset on her arrival Monday to find Cadet Midthen gone. Matters were matters were straightened matters, out yeah. over the telephone, however, and the former American embassy clerk at Montevideo left by train for Georgia Tuesday. First thing Miss Larea plans to do after her marriage is to become a United States citizen. Leonora and Yug Mitthun met when they were both employed at the American Embassy in Montevideo. Okay, so this is it's not huge news, but it's in the fucking Miami Herald on 26th of April, 1944. Uh, out this of uh, this woman uh, in young woman uh, out of uh, Uruguay. And her fiance matters, right? So they're reporting on like the the other story, which was tremendously racist as fuck. And then this one, a little bit of a lighthearted one, where this Uruguayan uh, woman's like, "Hey, where's my fiance?" That makes the newspapers here in the United States in 1944. So if the other story really did happen, I'd like to think that we could have found it, and it was just all in fun. I know I may be ruining the story for you, but hey, you know, I just wanted to show you a little like, little slice of uh Maybe Uruguayan... she was just really good at covering up her tracks. There you go. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, it could but, be possible. Okay. All right. I'll give that to you. <laughs> I'll give that to you. <laughs> but anyways, like I said, I just wanted to share that because I thought it was like, it was really, it was really fun actually trying to find mm-hmm. anything, anything that any, even remotely, um, uh, resembled anything of a woman, a man. There was an accident. I was looking for accidents that happened. Anything. Damn, that Dalia, you could be I fucking looked solving everywhere some though. cases. <laughs> um, uh, I will tell you of a, of a headline that I found that I actually found uh, quite interesting out of the Valley Morning Star. Okay. Out of Harlingen, Texas, Valley Morning Star, 23rd of January, 1944. Um, Uruguay will not recognize Bolivia. 
that was it. <laughs> I didn't read any more of the story, but I just thought that was interesting. Even the Valley Morning Star, I was looking for shit to, you know, find out. Nope, nothing. Yeah, I tried hard. I was unsuccessful. I did not find one single story, article, uh, newspapers, anything that even remotely mentioned a girl or a young woman from Uruguay being missing, lost, suspected, nothing. So La Llorona is real, so is the Cucuy. Okay, so... <laughs> You goof. <laughs> okay, so that was that was really cool. These two movies, we got to watch an original and a remake. And uh-huh. also, I love Spanish language horror. So mm-hmm. I will watch any movie that is in Spanish. Um, that I just, I find more than anything, whenever I watch one, is that the pacing is done so well and that, I think of the English speaking population too, that you should be able to watch this and read the subtitles and not miss anything because the pacing, I just think it's just like a, a Spanish language thing. It's a Spanish language thing. You know, you can read it and pacing is different. Going. So if you're able mm-hmm. to read English and, um, you know, if you can listen to the Spanish or understand the Spanish, uh, watching this movie would be great. Um, even if you can find a dub version, I don't know. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. Um, you'll, you'll notice the pacing is different. And I like, I, you know what? And I don't, now that I, after talking with you, I don't dislike the American version as much. I can now see it through your eyes, how, and I, I have a, a newfound appreciation for the American version. So um, if anything, for the actress, I already forgot her name. And I know she's very famous. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, Alma. Uh, where can people find us on the interwebs? <gasps> That's us. Okay, it's been a while since I said this. You can go to our website, nightmaremoviepodcast.com. Yeah. Our Instagram is at nightmaremoviepodcast. Our mm-hmm. Twitter is at nightmareonfifth. That's at nightmareon5th. Correct. You can also visit our horror movie blog, horrormovieblog.com. Wow. <laughs> we also have a Twitter for that, at horrormovieblog. And if you would like to... Um, Throw us a, a shout out. Share our podcast. We love it. We appreciate it. Write Thank us a you. review. Share it with your friends. Continue listening. And if you want to um, help a little bit more, Dale has our Buy Me a Coffee and Patreon information. Yeah, patreon.com slash nightmare movie podcast or buymeacoffee.com slash nightmare pod. We're working on getting this up in uh, Apple and uh, Spotify subscriptions. That way y'all don't have to go to somewhere else to click. If you really want to support us monetarily, you can just click hopefully soon right here on whatever platform you're listening to. And we also have all the links in the show notes for y'all. And yes, both movies. Good. Go watch them. Uh, La Casa Muda and also The Silent House. And it's great way to stay in shape. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. If you like what you heard, consider hitting that follow button and sharing us with others. We also love reviews if that's your thing. And of course, you can always subscribe to our Patreon and on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Whatever way you choose to support us, whether it's listening, sharing or subscribing, we are truly grateful. Thank you so much.